scientific studies have shown that those who listen to bacon cell will find increased happiness and lots of joy. Wunderbar. <laughs> 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 I was like, I don't know where I'm going at that first part, but I was going to kind of stretch it out. I was kind of music. impressed. I was like, oh, he's going somewhere good with this. No. And, then, and uh, no. uh, uh, joy. <laughs> and, uh, joy. You were so close. Some say it's the same as happiness. I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, that's a very weird Freud, by the way. But, <laughs> Welcome uh, to Baking Sale, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Baking Sale. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. And uh, for those of you paying attention, this is part two of our Psychology of Superheroes. Yeah, we teased a lot, let's say, last week. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when we'll air. Right. This isn't the same night at all. No. 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 <laughs> We're not all extremely exhausted after that first round. We, we basically wouldn't leave. You know, get I, out, get out. <laughs> it sounds like he's trying to tell us something, but I can't tell what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know how much this is costing you guys? <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. Uh, actually, we can start a GoFundMe account to yeah. uh, talk about our sessions with Dr. Matt. Yes. There you go. And it's we're here with an insurance, I bet. We're here with Dr. Matt again. Yay. Yay. Thanks for having me back, guys. <laughs> Man, so, you've been a guest on our show three times now. I love you guys. Aw. So in last week's episode, we talked about basically what it you know what good comic books you can read, how it relates to psychology. We talked about Carl Jung, 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 and uh, Joseph Campbell, which I am very familiar with. No, but just basically <laughs> Stop looking at when you say that, <laughs> we just talked about psychology and how it relates to if you are a comic book fan. Like, maybe a reason why you are in the first place. I mean, we talked about comic books in general, and then we also talked about uh, comic book movies. We, it was a very, it was a general discussion about the comic book it phenomenon. A, it was eclectic. I think probably, hopefully that was okay, because I, I love that underlying psychology of why we connect to certain things. We, mm. we project our own needs and wants and desires, and we work a lot of it out through projecting that in our entertainment, through right. story. You know, a story in lots of different mediums. So now we're getting to the fun stuff, I think. We're getting specific. Because last time, that was just all science and <laughs> seriousness. Like, it was like science and books and stuff. <laughs> so basically, now we're going to put the characters on your couch. We are going to break them down. And we will be doing voices. <laughs> there may be a few quotes and whatnot. So I guess we can just begin. Yeah. Because, well... well I had something I want to talk about. Because... Right. Uh, in the last time we talked about uh, how you were a comic book hipster and uh, <laughs> yes, liked, uh, I think card. you said Milton yeah. Berle's comics or something like that. <laughs> Milton Berle, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a fantastic comic writer. <laughs> <Milton> Berle, <laughs> his variety <laughs> comics. Yeah. yeah. But if you had to pick a side, I wanted to ask this, DC or Marvel? Marvel. Marvel. I'll just say it. Yeah. Is Marvel. it because they're more psychologically complex? I, yes, but... But I didn't know that when I, when as a kid, if I look back, so if I look back on the, the, the comics that I really loved to read as a kid, the only DC comic that I really enjoyed reading was, was Batman. Which many say that Batman is a Marvel character in a DC world. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see that because he's, a, he's very much a, a human character. He's more flawed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't truly have superpowers. 
But as a kid, I I, th- I think I just gravitated. And in the late seventies, early eighties, people didn't delineate so much. I don't no, think between right. like, are you Marvel? Are you DC? It's I think you wait, just, you mean there weren't Twitter flame wars in the seventies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. But well, no, there's I, hijackings I, and streakings. I tend yeah. to think <laughs> as, of DC characters as gods. I mean, they're commonly called the new gods and and whatnot. Yes, yes uh, they are very strong archetypes, as you've, yes. you've described. If you don't really know the difference uh, between uh, DC and Marvel. There, there's there's not it's kind of a, a, a messy delineation there but marvel char- dc characters are primarily brighter happier it's a little more at least they used to be a little, yeah. a little more perfect whereas marvel comes along and they're the more flawed uh dark and alcoholics yeah well <laughs> and you know you have like the dc uh, characters most of them uh, came from like action comics. They were kind of uh, borrowed. They were, they were brought together, and mm-hmm. they were demigods. You know, they were mm-hmm. kind of built on the ideas. They were modern Hercules, like Superman, yeah. Wonder Woman, The Flash, exactly. things like that. And so, um, they, they they appeal to a, a certain type of character, and they're very appropriate. I love I love DC, but I think a lot of us, um, probably those people who read a lot of comics growing up, who are my age, mm-hmm. uh, maybe felt a little bit more connected to Marvel characters. Yeah, and it's amazing to me too that uh, Marvel has become such a powerhouse because they were the B-listers for the longest time. Oh, forever! And in fact, you know, they were going bankrupt because of it. They just didn't yeah. know how to promote their characters very well, even though even though they have great characters. Mm-hmm. No, and that's kind of what they've done. I mean, X Men have been known. I mean, their comics have been very popular throughout the ages, yeah. and, and the, mm-hmm. certainly the cartoon helped. Uh, Spider-Man, of course, was their number one guy. Yeah, Hulk yeah. was known, obviously, in the yeah. 70s. Well, and there was the, the TV show, the Hulk TV show, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was Bill very, Bixby. Bill Bixby was very popular. Lou Ferrigno. I think there's also been, sometimes people See, Ken, I know figure things, too. things out <laughs> on a broad level. And I think the comic book world has figured out you know, in the '80s and '90s, they, they were they didn't have an identity. Yeah, just in the not movies now, just the actual comic books, and figuring out how to promote that the right way. A similar thing happened with skateboarding, but I digress. Well, it seems like most of the Marvel characters are reluctant superheroes in one form or another. Yes, they don't want the power or they don't want the responsibility. Right, they they're conflicted about it. Whereas DC people are kind of like, you know what? I'm Superman. I'm okay with that. I'm here to it's save my y'all. job. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's my job. Yeah, yeah. One day we'll get a movie about that. There's superior to the regular humans, whereas I think uh, Marvel characters, for the most part, are among the the normal humans. They just happen to reluctantly, like you yeah. said, have a, have a calling. And I've heard it said that uh, DC heroes are, well, essentially gods trying to be like humans, whereas Marvel characters are yeah. humans trying to be like gods. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That's a good way of looking at it. That's right, Kent. That's okay. I'm going deep here. Yeah, you went real deep. Dr. Matt said it was deep. Let's have a moment of silence. Dr. Jewel. He just mic dropped you, Kent. (laughs) Don't drop that mic. Burn. You missed another burn. (laughs) Hey, Jake's here. Everyone, Jake's here. That was on the last show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If 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 you didn't listen to the last show, know that Jake isn't talking, not because he's mad at the conversation and hates comic books. (laughs) He totally disagrees with this on a moral level. It's because my arms are folded. He's exhausted and he's in physical pain, but he's here tonight and we love him for it. We made him cuddle. We did. So we've talked about DC versus Marvel. Should we get in a couple specifics? Well, kind of. Okay, X-Men is coming out. Yeah. And we, we talked is a lot about... Is it 2000 again? I know, right? <laughs> we talked a lot about Marvel and them being very flawed. And I think X-Men is kind of the prime example. Yeah. And maybe we can go into specific characters here, but throughout the cartoon or the movies, you know, from 2000 to now, there are many things going on behind the scenes, even thematic elements of the X-Men. I mean, they're literally 
mutants. Exactly. And that's said in a negative term. Yeah. I mean, could well, you, could maybe you... to you racists, but <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know, they're misfits, right? They, yeah. they, they, I mean, so you've taken this idea of as you grow up, uh, I think all of us at times, even if you maybe were a really popular kid and it, you felt like a misfit at times, that's part of being an adolescent, you know, an older child, an adolescent, you feel a little bit out of place as you're finding your identity. Mm-hmm. And so you're a misfit in certain ways. And so I think they've like all good stories, they kind of, um, you know, they magnify that up and they call them mutants. Now right. you're an mm-hmm. actual mutant. There's something actually wrong with you other than just feeling like a misfit. But we're going to do, we're going to play on that human hope that even though I'm a misfit, even though I'm, I feel weird and different, somehow I'm special. And this is going to be able to be used. I'm, I'm going to grow and become something special. Maybe even because of my my misfitness, my mutant mm-hmm. character, I'm someday going to blossom and grow and become the person I hope to be. Are and so s- then they've taken that and put it in, in, in a story Are context. Are you saying I will have Wolverine claws someday? one day? Someday you will. Shh. Yes. Let's go, bub. Kind of like you said, these people, these mutants have special abilities. They are the above average human, right. but they're being hated at the same time, Would which is almost like... More human than human? No, I wouldn't <laughs> say that at all. <laughs> Theme song. Yeah. You know, so I, I just found it very interesting that, like, they always feel kind of beat down upon when, like, if you're Magneto, mm-hmm. you're like, look what we can do. We can destroy them all. Why yeah. are we subservient to them? Why are we allowing this hate to happen? Uh-huh. Which makes a great villain. When he thinks he's right, that makes a great villain. I mean, can we talk about Magneto? We can't talk about, I think, well, we're talking about villains already? Oh, yeah, just Pull it just back. Magnet- Pull it back. We were okay, gonna, okay. We're talking about heroes this time because we talked. <laughs> Are your- you saying we want to have a villain show with Dr. Matt? I think we should oh, have a psychology we have a villain. Villain. Yeah, show. If we're not villains. talking villains now, then it has to be a show. That's oh, what I think. Otherwise, that's, it's that's, a, right. that's a rich minefield. Let's do a whole show on villains. I'm in. Okay. Good. Professor okay. Xavier, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see Professor Xavier as he he plays he plays the wise old man. You know, he plays the the person that you're going to turn to for guidance, and he himself demonstrates he is flawed. Yet he he's overcome that. You know, so he is wheelchair bound, mm-hmm. but he's going to guide you. So every young hero going through their life's hero journey feels a little weird, different, inadequate. Yet you find that person, you gravitate to that person that's going to guide you through. Whether it's your Gandalf or your Obi Wan Kenobi or your Professor Xavier, and so he's the person that they turn to for when they don't know what to do. They're growing, they're developing, they've got superpowers, and they're like, "Well, maybe Magneto has a point. Maybe I should use, you know, I should dominate with this power." Xavier is always there to teach them how to use their powers for good, not evil. I find the most interesting thing about the X-Men, and this is different from any other Marvel hero, because, I mean, look at Iron Man. Uh, He's a smart, handsome guy. Captain America, handsome guy. Right. Thor, really handsome guy. guy. We're kind of getting an insight into Kent's mind here, (laughs) I think, too. So how many guys are handsome? (laughs) Why don't you list off all the guys you think are handsome? I like how comfortable you are with (laughs) Henry Cavill, really handsome. Oh, wait, he's not a superhero. Anyways... (laughs) But you look at the X-Men, and they all have a disability of some sort. Exactly. Cyclops. He has to wear goggles, or he will burn people alive, basically. Rogue cannot touch people, 
Or she will suck the life out of them. I knew a girl. Well, I mean, that. <laughs> yeah. well, most women are soul suckers. Let's well, be honest. Even Wolverine. Don't talk about Ken's mom that way. Even though Wolverine has the regenerative powers and things like that, he feels like he's cursed. He's an outsider. They're all outsiders. They're all mutants. They all have a disability. Beast. Nightcrawler. Exactly. You name it. Yeah. I mean, and so what makes it? Jean Grey, beautiful, talented, and smart. No, Jean Grey oh, will wait. not. She's kind of like Wolverine, though. She will never let herself get close to anything. Jean, because, <laughs> because she is worried Scott. about what could happen. In Inside. For you. Exactly. And I really think that makes the X-Men the best Marvel characters because they mm. are that much more complex than your basic handsome guy who just took steroids. Well, thank you. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. <laughs> I could go somewhere with that. Yeah, no go. Again, the handsome man. Nice, Ken. No, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop saying stuff like that. <laughs> but no, I mean, could you go into that a little bit? Because... I think X-Men, first and foremost, it really appeals to people Absolutely. because of that. I mean, like Absolutely. you went into the misfit thing a little bit. Yeah. But it just seems like there's something holding him back and that could lead him forward at the same time. Right. No, I think I think uh, it is a human tendency to want to turn our, our weaknesses into strengths. Mm-hmm. The things that uh, make us uniquely ourselves are our flaws and differences. For example, if you look at studies on beauty, and so there, there are um, statistically beautiful faces and people, but interestingly enough... Rarely do people have a strong emotional connection to that genetically beautiful face. So you can do the study in Google, finding you know, what a what a you know symmetrical face looks like that's really beautiful, but people don't get too sexually excited or jazzed about those faces. It's it's really the the flaws in somebody that make them unique and huh. different, even when it comes to very some, something very superficial like beauty. And if you think about the people that you really like mm-hmm. in your life. It's not, it's not their perfectionism. It's not their perfect qualities. You might want to emulate some of those, mm-hmm. but you really like somebody who's authentic, somebody who's really Someone who's willing real. to be themselves and, and, and somebody who always holds back yeah. kind of their, their flaws and they don't talk to them. You can't get close to that person. Yeah. And so I think we uh, do relate to specifically, I mean, that's a, it's a really great insight that the X-Men are, each one of them has a disability, if you want to think of it that way, that... Xavier has come along and he's kind of the projection of their internal psyche. Like he's a character that in a way isn't different than their own voice in their head saying, no, 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 you can take this disability and turn it into a superpower. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the voice we hope wins out in our head when we recognize there's something wrong with us. If we have a disability, a flaw, or just an insecurity, I can tell you from my job, we would look at people in our neighborhoods that we work with and we would think, man, that person's got it all together. And in many ways they do. But when they come in the office and they really talk about the things that are going on, we find out even that person who on the surface looks like they have no flaws, they have their own insecurities. They have their own worries. They're harboring those. and They want somebody to guide them through that, get it out. And so I think Xavier is the wise old man, the wizard in mythology. But at the same time, maybe he's a projection of that hope that somehow the things that are wrong with us are going to become beautiful and powerful. Wow. I like it. That was, that was deep. I, that I know. Whole, I know. The whole part about, you know, that's maybe why my wife loves me is because I'm not beautiful. You're very there relatable, you know. Joel. <laughs> right. Although on a side note. <laughs> that's why I, Ken's attractive. I actually Googled. <laughs> spirit. Just, you know, I was, I was, you know, just Googling the beautiful people and it came up with a whole slew of things. <laughs> you got to be careful. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, you're all by Wi-Fi here. So let's, <laughs> yeah. let's just tone it down. Yeah, Russian gambling. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's the X-Men breakdown. 
Yeah. Should we, should we go with another one? Well, uh, can I jump in real quick? Is yeah. there any particular insights about Wolverine? I mean, he's a really popular character. I don't know. If and wh- yeah, why is he such a popular character? That's, yeah, I'd like to know that. Is it oh. because he's Marvel's Batman, basically? <laughs> he is in a lot of ways, isn't I'm he? I'm Batman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bob. Um, yeah, Bob. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, good job, Jacob. I would say that... Gotta be here for something. You have to, you <laughs> have to look a lot... With superheroes, you, you want to look... At what their superpower is to kind of get at what kind of the character connection Which, might uh, be. Which, go to my nerd voice, let's clarify <laughs> that Wolverine's superpower is actually his uh, animal instincts, his smell and... Not his smell, but his smelling <laughs> ability and his regenerative powers. The claws were also a part of it. However, the adamantium that was put on him was by the government <laughs> and not an original superpower. Are you done? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the worst part was when he was saying that in the car on the way over. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he had yeah. that down by <laughs> <laughs> wow, did you practice that? I or? did. I, yeah. I've, I've said that many like, times. I hope they ask about Wolverine. I hope they ask about Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a setup. I see what's Go. going on. Yeah. Set spike. Um, no, I, good point. I love I love the nerd uh, clarification there. But I would say from a psychologist's point of view, it's kind of all their fl- his flaw in a way. His flaw is also his strength. And oftentimes the, the, the strength, the superhero characteristic or the flaw, however you want to think of it, is what alienates them from the rest of the world. He is a lot like the Hulk in the sense that he's trying to control something that could be used for good, mm-hmm. but comes out in a raging, uncontrollable way. You know, he wants to learn how to not hurt other people with mm-hmm. what he has inside. He just and wants so to he keeps himself him. aloof. You know, see, see, growing up, uh, even now, I've never cared for for Wolverine because I was more of a Cyclops guy, yeah, heartless. Okay. No, and, and I saw Wolverine as because the X Men are the primary group in in the Marvel universe, uh-huh. and they function very well as a group. There's always issues. Wolverine is the main issue. He is the rabble rouser, right? And he's the one that doesn't he doesn't play well with others. Definitely and for not. me, but he sticks with the group. He he sticks with it, but he, mm-hmm. he's that was a thorn in the side, and I never cared for that adamantium yeah. thorn. <laughs> Actual adamantium. natural adamantium thorn. Which uh, it's not what Captain America's shield is. That's vibranium. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Thanks for clarifying. That. <laughs> I actually, I, I always, I loved Wolverine growing up on the '90s cartoon. It was one of my, he was one of my favorite characters. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, like you brought it up, kind of in a roundabout way. But I never could think of a practical. If I wanted the claws, I wanted the metal claws. Who does? But I could not think of a practical use for adamantium claws. I'm like, that'd be awesome to have, but. What would I do with that on a day-to-day basis? Like open uh, you pop could, cans? You could play Fruit Ninja. That's true. Real Fruit Ninja. Real Fruit Ninja. <laughs> you could kill people. I could. <laughs> That's what scares me. Yeah. And there you go. Sometimes the things inside of us are a little scary. We don't know how to control them. And I, I think that there there's an element of that. It's a very primitive character. He has a lot of primitive animalistic traits, right? Yeah. And I think um, that's kind of a male thing that in our society we're we're trying to put in check. But if you talk to a good evolutionary psychologist, we all still struggle with the primitive man and how do we let it be a functional aspect of who we are in this society. So would you say that Wolverine is the embodiment of id, ego, and superego? Um, not wow. super ego. How, how does it feel, Kent? <laughs> just the id. I think he, go, he yeah, just the id. Clearly, no, I don't I mean, get crazy. He cleans, <laughs> in super ego, he cleans but, himself uh, up for Jean Grey. But like, he really ego. has a hard time whenever he's around Jean yeah. to try to be the super ego. But super ego, super ego is is our consciousness for 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 rules and society. Ego mm-hmm. is just trying to 
help the id get its primitive needs met without getting in too much trouble. So I'd say he's somewhere more in that. He needs a little more super. He's he's trying on a little super ego at times, right? But for I the agree. most part, we, he we rejects that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part, he he wants to let it go. And I think there's also a message, whether it's Wolverine or the Hulk, that sometimes that real male primitive part of us is the right part to let out. Yeah. I mean, that's the hero part. When you go Hulk, if you can, you know, point it in the right direction, sometimes sometimes that's the right thing. When Wolverine, the claws come out, which is a... So not at my kids when they spill their orange juice and I'm like... That would be a good time for the claws. (laughs) (laughs) So you've talked about the Hulk. Can we continue on with the Hulk and break him down? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to get out uh, away from him. No, it's all good. I just was relating that that there are some characters that have similar uh, traits. But before we go on to Hulk, since we have been doing voices, uh, Jacob, (laughs) do your Hulk. You do a really good Hulk. Mm Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's pre Hulk. Yeah. Board Hulk. That was Still the Bruce that Banner. Him. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's him just like, mm, I'm, mm. I'm staying calm. I'm the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go into the Hulk. I had a pretty rad Hulk lunchbox as a kid. Yes. I mean, yeah. At my other office, I, I do have my Indiana Jones and, and Star Wars lunchboxes up on the shelf. But I don't know what ever happened to the Hulk lunchbox. I don't know. Was it, it, it was, got put was it the classic one where you see Hulk in the background and he's walking away? Bruce yes. Banner. Okay. Yeah, Bruce Banner. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's from the TV show. You bet. Yeah. Which, Blue, why did they change his name to David Banner in the show? That just messes me up all the time now. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That, that was actually kind of weird, wasn't it? It was. I'll write a letter to Especially someone. when the guy's name who's playing was Bill Bixby. I'm Bill like, Bixby. come on. Yeah, deserative. Yeah. Right. Um, so what's wrong with the Hulk? What's wrong with him? Yeah. I mean, let's psychoanalyze the Hulk. Well, I think I think uh, Hulk is a great character because he's such a dichotomous character. On the one hand, he's this thoughtful, extremely intellectual, kind of uh, quiet uh, scientist. So he's very cerebral, very but kind thoughtful. of a mad scientist at the same time. I mean, he's, well, he he he's uh, he's impulsive. Yeah, uh, he's willing to like say, "I'm going to try this out on you know me. We're going to see what happens." But but he lives this cerebral kind of over controlled uh, intellectual life, and the the metaphor is that underneath that is still the primitive man, and if we over control it, it's going to come out if we don't know how to deal with it the right way. So we we can't stuff that down forever. And so when he gets mad, he's trying to control it. And we know that through you know, the evolution of reading and watching the Hulk, that he has to learn how to control it. But if he just tries to repress it, nah, that's not, that's not a good formula. And I, can I bring this a little more real, too? So if we are to Hulk out, you mentioned pointing it in the right direction. What is a good direction for uh, hulking well, when, out? When your kids spill the milk. Well, I mean, but not at them. I don't want to hulk out on my kids. But <laughs> oh, really? Well, well yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to flip the table or anything. Old but school parenting is yeah. what I thought you were after. But what's a good outlet when you have to hulk out? Um, well, like protection. So like, like, are you mean like in a modern sense? Like yeah. if a person has to like let it out. I mean, uh, I think fortunately we don't, we don't literally have a ton of those those times but when when things are really desperate when you really need that energy and focus mm-hmm. if you're protecting the ones you love in some way then yeah that that primitive man just unleashing the beast i, I suppose there's there's it's like adrenaline times right yes. a thousand yeah but, but are there ways to like release the anger health healthily is that a word 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, not actually killing people. Okay, should yeah. be more specific. <laughs> um, so I would say maybe when something is of that similar importance, like if uh, a person is has a major life goal that they have to achieve, like mm-hmm. let's you got to push through to get that college degree or to earn that job or whatever it is that a person needs to do. Or that's healthy hulking. Yeah, I guess if that's what you mean. I think or would so. like video games or something like that be? You know, an outlet for that sort of thing. Is that what you mean? Oh, or you mean like an outlet to burn it off? That's what I was going to say. To apply it. Oh, that's a good question. Like a first-person shooter. Like some people blow some steam off, play a game where they kill a whole bunch of people, and that's, (laughs) you know. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I actually don't have a problem with video games and and the the make-believe violence. I think that you have to kind of know who's playing the game. So the younger they are and the the more realistic it is, maybe the potentially damaging it could be. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, yeah, I think adults playing those games, there's a, that's a pretty good outlet. Um, I also think that things with wheels are pretty good, skateboards, bikes and stuff. But yeah, I mean, if you're talking about screens, that's a good outlet. I actually saw an article recently. You can tell me if this sounds like BS to you, but um, (laughs) that uh, children that played video games had less nightmares because they were facing fears and conquering them. Absolutely, hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, yep. Nice. Hear that, wife? (laughs) No, I'm I'm serious. There's actually there's a lot of great research. Darling, I love you. Even though uh, they've tried, I think she hulks out. Actually, (laughs) not you. Wait till you get home. Um, I think because of very tragic scenarios where people who've played video games have also committed horrible crimes but but correlation doesn't equal causation right you have to look at all the research and if you look at all the research there's a there's a really good body of research that shows that playing video games that are aggressive or watching aggressive movies is a great emotional outlet and and kids are getting that out there's a there's a wonderful book called killing monsters Mm -hmm. by gerard jones uh every parent who has kids so i guess that would be all parents (laughs) Um, they ought to to get that book uh, because it absolutely taught for boys and girls and he goes through pretty much all the mediums of entertainment and how parents get so worried oh my kid wants to play with guns or lightsabers or these sorts of things and I don't want him to have these violent because somehow they think that like you can if if you never play in an aggressive way that somehow you're not going to be an aggressive adult and they've actually shown it's quite the opposite Hmm. kids who who don't have healthy outlets for their aggressive tendencies. They're really striving for competency. They're overcoming things. Watch kids watch a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And then when the movie's over, what do they do? They go find something, sticks or whatever, and they play lightsabers. And you're a Jedi and I'm a Sith and yeah. all this stuff. And they're working everything out. It's wonderful. Hmm. And so, uh, yeah, Killing Monsters by Gerard Jones. Absolutely every parent should read that book. Is it a graphic novel or is it? No, it's, it's a <laughs> you're, book. You're hoping. Well, but he, he is not a psychologist. He is uh, He's an educator. He is a former comic book artist and author. Um, and he's a researcher and he's gone through and interviewed, uh, reviewed tons of literature and interviewed lots of professionals. And it's, it's, it's a simple, fairly short book that uh, is a must for parents. So if you were to diagnose the Hulk yeah. with one problem. Repressed anger. Repressed anger. It's not yeah. like bipolar, like severe bipolar or... Oh, yeah. I mean, if we were going to put, uh, if we we're going to put like a, a full-on clinical diagnosis on it, I guess you could say bipolar, sure. Get but, rid of the hulks in your life. Yeah. <laughs> right. There you go. That's, I would say repressed hulking. anger, though. Like what happens is, you know, you know he's, he's frustrated. When he gets frustrated, then he hasn't figured out a way to deal with his anger properly, so it'll explode. Yeah. You know, and it gets messy. Right. A lot of collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Speaking uh, of collateral damage, Joel, did you have something to say? Well, I was going to say we, we've, we've been pretty Marvel here. Why don't we throw a DC? Because I was going to say, speaking of collateral damage, let's talk about the Man of Steel. Mm. Uh, Superman is, I hold him, it's contrary to what Joel thinks, I hold Superman very near and dear to my heart. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's not get into this, because I've heard him say on a number of occasions that Superman is a boring character. I've never said this, not Did once. Did you say, let's not get into this, because? <laughs> no. And then, and, and then he just starts this up. I've never said that. In fact, I've been the one to come to his defense, because Superman traditionally is the boring character. He is he is the Boy Scout. It's not about, and I've never cared for that. In fact, I think he is a great character. Mm. Looking at humankind, saying, "Ah, oh, you're weak. I'm going to be Clark Kent, who is weak." The demigod. I mean, there's a great monologue from Kill Bill Volume Two about Superman, which oh, I think nails <laughs> nails the character perfectly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but would you guys like to perform that now? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the Crazy Eighty Eight fight, David Carradine. <laughs> the thing about Superman is. I was always okay with Superman's adventures because, to me, it was never about, is Superman going to be okay? It was, how is Superman going to solve this problem without people getting hurt or without a lot of collateral damage? Which, that's why it bugs me in the movies when he's just, like, smashing things up and no big deal and cities getting destroyed and whatever. Yeah, I think there has been a, 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 a need or a perceived need to humanize Superman. I think that's a mistake. You I, think it's I a mistake? Agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Oh, see, I disagree. I, I need a humanized Superman. I agree with Superman. the man with a PhD. <laughs> well, I, good I think to it's be. a mistake in the sense that um, we have so many characters, uh, including like Batman in DC, mm-hmm. who have uh, their tendency to have um, more human qualities that we can relate to. Um, why not retain him in that role like you were talking about? Of how is he going to do the right thing in very difficult situations? Instead of him struggling, or I don't know, I, I'm not going to get into that. But so let's break down Superman as how people perceive him, as well as uh, how he perceives people, I guess, if that makes sense. Oh, um, well, I think Superman, he's kind of a, he wants to be human. I, and I think right. that's his big struggle is accepting what he is. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be like everyone else, but he's not. He looks like everyone else. I mean, a, a better looking version than everyone else, but he, he looks like handsome. everyone. He is very handsome. <laughs> let's have a handsome men episode where we can just talk about I think this is the episode. The music um, in the end could be It's Raining Men. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, uh, I, think he, that, I think that's one of his struggles. So it's not that you can't have a human twist on him but i th- i think that that's that's hard for him see what i loved in this last movie is the entire movie batman v superman batman v superman the entire movie is saying this is your world i'm being rejected and he's being rejected for very obvious reasons and man is still terrible self-promotion yeah <laughs> he did a lot of he's you know pr is what not a lot of he smart a PR things firm. he really does and <laughs> yeah. so things are just going poorly he's like i don't belong here i don't belong here and right. then in those final moments he says this is my world and and mm-hmm. for me i was like Okay, that's the acceptance. I, I just needed to see that build the entire time. Yeah. And, and I, I love that about it. I think that was great. Yeah, he, because he accepted his role, then he could fit in. But he couldn't fit in by trying to be someone else, some, something that he's not. So if someone came into your office and, say, I, and said, I really relate to Superman, mm-hmm. like, and I really, this, this appeals to me, this, you know, this is who I relate to, uh-huh. what, would, what would that say about them then? God complex. <laughs> well, for sure. I don't but know. it seems to me if I can diagnose with my non-PhD, yeah. it's, it's you know you have the strength to do something, but you almost 
try to cut that down a little bit. Yeah. Like in he the, has the, the power to Superman. He has the power to be the ruler of the planet. Right. The Henry Cavill Superman version. Yeah. In, in, in every version, he has the power to do anything. And he's just like, no, but it's the reluctance in the Henry. Cavill it's the one. reluctance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, Hey Lois. Well, but I think in, in his love affair with Lois Lane in any of the iterations of Superman, there's that, that drive to, to, to be more human. He wants to have that human experience. He mm-hmm. wants to have, uh, a love, a relationship. He wants to just kind of be a guy from Kansas in some yeah. ways. Because those Kryptonian girls will not give him the time of day. I know, right? <laughs> They're the worst. Give Superman a chance. Um, They're dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's why. But then once he, when he fills his role as the demigod, the protector, the, 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 that person, then he can kind of hide behind the alter ego of Clark Kent and kind of uh, through the window experience everyone else enjoying what Superman does for them. Him more than anyone else does not need this identity of Clark Kent. No. He could be known as Superman. Right. Go hang out in the Fortress of Solitude, hear someone say help, fly down real quick. He doesn't need to be a guy. Right. Bruce Wayne, on the other hand, he needs this. He has to have the alter identity. Yeah. No, 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 not yet, but he's next. <laughs> but I, I just, I really think the character is way more complicated than people give him the credit for. I would agree with that. I think that it, unfortunately the way it's portrayed in kind of modern movies that it, it gets a little confusing. I'm not sure that DC has done a great job with it. Okay. I, mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I do like what you mentioned. Did you just get a personal victory uh, from that? Where, where he, he kind of accepts his role. And I think that was great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And that's, I mean, if we're going into movies, that's why I wanted to see Man of Steel 2 before I saw Batman v Superman. I was like, I loved where they were going. I love Man of Steel, and I wanted to see the growth. That uh, wasn't just to do anything to put off seeing Batman v Superman? In what? <laughs> just make it. Okay. Yeah, he's just slamming a Batman he's v Superman. Yeah, just, burn! I'm the burn. only one catching the burn. I didn't hear the burn, and so it's no good. <laughs> Jacob's like, I'm gonna insult you. <laughs> <laughs> I totally burned Kent there. <laughs> oh, somewhere inside, I hurt. Somewhere, somewhere, um, maybe your mom mic drop. I feel Seinfeld like reference. I feel like we're going to move into an entire episode here, but I want to talk Batman. Okay, I, actually, that's why I leaned over this segue. Is Matt, what's your impressions of that movie portrayals like uh, Batman v Superman? Because we've done Superman, we're moving to Batman, or even any. I would say from Burton to, or even West, West, West Tim Burton's to Nolan's so to. Now, West yeah. Affleck. West Affleck. Because I feel like, you know, each decade these movies are made, and some are a little more silly, some are very, very serious. Right. Uh, Nolan's is very grounded, for example. Uh-huh. Does that say something about the movies we can tolerate at that point, or is that just a director well, there's vision? A cu- there's a cultural consciousness that I think allows us to, to go certain places with certain characters, so that changes from decade to decade, I guess. I would say the thing the thing about Batman is remember so in the very first cover of Detective Comics with Batman he's jumping down off of a building and what does he have in his hand a gun a Colt 45 yes he has a pistol <laughs> oh I jumped and, on that pretty quickly didn't I yeah you did <laughs> that's good no it's okay um, that was good I'm glad somebody knows that and so he the, the the underlying theme of Batman always has been I think always will be being a vigilante and what is a vigilante a vigilante technically is like an average citizen who's just been he can't take it anymore he's got it he feels like he's got to go outside the law take things into his own hands Mm -hmm. because he feels you know justice just isn't being served and he's kind of tried to go the right channels and those the, the the legal right channels have let him down now obviously vigilanteism we're not condoning per se Uh but i think that that's the that's the underlying thing that some of us connect with many people connect with is 
you know, Batman is, he's just going to do it himself. He's, he can't, he's not going to rely on anybody else. And so I think that's part of the, the attraction to Batman mm-hmm. always has been, always will be. Um, well, and then there's the billionaire playboy. Well, I right. feel like, I feel like the, the Batman that we got in, uh, Batman v Superman was much more, he, I mean, he pushed that line of vigilantism right. to, to pretty far extremes, almost to Rorschach territory. Um, yes. I was really surprised by that, but not if you read the Dark Knight Returns from the from the, the graphic yeah, novel. Right. I think that's the character they're ba- that's the Batman they're basing this character on is is Miller's. Uh, but a, you know, a lot of the people Dark were upset. He's old. He's cranky. Yeah. He's just not going to take it and anymore. He's seen twenty to thirty years fighting crime, and exactly. because he doesn't kill people, the crime keeps happening. Well, and Frank Miller, that's the. I mean, that's that's what he's going for is right. the realism, and that's why that character. Most people would say the best. Batman graphic novel, but a lot of people were upset though because they're like, "Well, Batman was a little too dark. Batman was a little too violent. I mean, Batman doesn't stab someone in the chest. Come on, yeah." Whereas I'm <laughs> like, he wasn't shiny, oh, no. he shiny was, and telling jokes. He was shooting guns, and he was, you know, the, the, the I thought see. Batman versus Superman was a little. It took me a while to catch what was a dream sequence. Maybe I was oh, tired, yeah. but at first, I didn't quite get the artistic flair at first. I went back and saw it a second time, enjoyed it much more the second time mm-hmm. because I could allow my brain to click in and out of the dream sequences. And so when he had that kind of retro World War II dream sequence yeah. where he kind of was going nuts on all the Superman Nazi guys, yeah. um, I kind of got into that a little bit more. It's like we're in Batman's head. But mm-hmm. this isn't young Batman. This is Gray at the Temples, Frank Miller's, Dark Knight Returns, Batman, who's just like, I'm going to would just kill you in any, uh, and this may be getting to psychology more than I do, more than I should, but it's escalation. Because it's okay. I'll give you a preview. <laughs> Everybody's getting honorary PhDs tonight, but yes. so I, you know, even Jacob. Ahead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even Jacob. he's at the master's level. We'll see how he does. <laughs> no, but it seems like if you're participating in vigilantism, it's a high and your high is only going to, you're going to hit that high so many times before you need an escalated high. And it seems like a Batman who's been around 20, 30 years is going to want more and more and more to get that high of vigilante. So kind of going on to that escalation, I mean, we see in every Batman series, every movie, we see the death of his parents. And that is this this jumping off point. It's the trauma. And and especially in this last movie, because there were some deleted scenes, which was going to come into play later. But... People, there is tragedy following Batman throughout his entire life. Right. Like, you kind of think he's a crybaby because 45 years ago his parents were killed. It's like, get over it, you pansy. <laughs> you know? But there are things that either keep reminding him or basically... We apologize basically, to any listeners who, whose parents were killed by muggers in the alleyway. 45 years <laughs> 45 ago. 45 years yeah. ago. But, I mean, the thing is, like, especially in the comics... Death keeps happening. Like, why? Right. I mean, do the the, the Bat- creators of Batman re- think that like only tragedy can propel him to keep going? Well, there's a psychoanalytic term called growth growth out of trauma. Okay, and so we have traumatic experiences, and we have this, our psychological drive to grow from that instead of letting it crush us. And I think um, that's one relatable aspect to that character. And, and many superheroes are you know come out of traumatic experiences. Batman's is very relatable because he's very much a child when it happens. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, his world. As a child, your your parents are large and in charge. You don't realize how flawed they are when you're a kid, and they're your whole Thank world. Goodness. They take care of you. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's important. And then his are, are tragically taken away from him. And so he's, he's kind of trying to write this throughout his life, but he keeps coming up against death and tragedy as he's trying to do the right thing. So he's a very frustrated character, whereas Superman's not as frustrated. I mean, he has frustrations. 
But Batman's a very frustrated character. The more he tries to do the right thing, the more there is some collateral damage. But he's always trying to re to right this wrong, overcome his trauma, grow from his trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he takes on the Batman. Why are you Batman? You know, because because you know, I'm yeah. Batman. Yeah, yeah. That's how he talked when he was twelve. Um, <laughs> because because I'm Batman. trying to embrace the things that that harm him, that that make him afraid, and so that that's a healthy way of growing through our traumas, embracing you know the trauma and, Dressing and up as not a bat, letting oh, it chase crime. us around. I cannot wait for the villains episode, which we've planned just now, <laughs> to go into Batman's <laughs> rogues gallery be, and what that says oh, about him as yeah, a character. He has great yeah. villains. Some of the one of the best things, if you were talking about actual comics, one of the things that makes heroes superheroes the best are their villains. Do they have good villains? Or which is it's true. Which. You know this about me. Like, it's why I can't be on the side of Marvel for a lot. Because there are the villains. I mean, yes, Magneto's there. Magneto's pretty good. Hey, he's he's great. Yeah. Kilgrave. I will say that that, the, that, that, that the, the, the the villains in Marvel aren't, aren't quite as great. Spider-Man has a great rogues gallery as well. He does. Yeah, Spider-Man does. Rogue, Rogue has a pretty good rogues gallery, too, but... <laughs> I feel like I feel like the villain makes the hero in times. many ways. Yeah, in, like there would be no Batman without the Joker. In if we were to be psychological, they're both the same person. Whoa, you're fighting. Take it, it easy. Whoa. <laughs> Take it easy. You're blowing my mind. They're both like you know the Joker and Batman. I mean, justice and anarchy. Exactly. Yeah. So we're struggling. Our own struggles are projected out into two characters, but those are just simplifications so that we can deal with them. Man. Yeah. There we go. I think we're on this couch for a reason, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think we have a lot to say about Batman, but I think we do need to move on. Uh, I think we need to talk about, since we talked about Superman, we talked about Batman, we need to talk about Wonder Woman. Yes. Let's do it. Because... Uh, We've talked a lot about men. <laughs> yes. Man. Oh, there are some beautiful men. But uh, Wonder Woman is a, is a handsome woman. And, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> make her Don't take Jake's Joel She's jokes away. I, only, I can only say so much Joel. No, one of my first crushes was Linda Carter. Oh, because who, yeah. she just beautiful. I never missed an episode. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Wonder Woman. Let's yeah. talk about Wonder Woman. Let's psychoanalyze Wonder Woman. Well, uh, so fun facts. Can I give you a few fun facts on Absolutely. Wonder Woman? We're not about well, fun here. No. Oh, okay. Really? okay. How about it. interesting? I'll go with that. Okay. William Marston was a psychologist. And his wife was as well. And together they were um, looking at this idea, you know, how little boys could um, have this hero in, in Superman, that he was a great moral hero, especially in the 1940s. You know, a very do the right thing, all American character. Right, and they were like little girls need a character like that too. So they they were having drinks with a friend of theirs that uh, that I think worked at Action Comics, and they talked about um, we need to create a character. And so this guy challenged that he was that the the psychologists were saying you you should create one. He said, well you guys do it, you create one. So uh, the Marston couple psychologists went home and they created Wonder Woman. Really? Now, a couple this, of psychologists created yeah. Wonder Woman. So, so Wonder Woman, as far as I know, the only uh, you know uh, canonized type, you know, real superhero that was created by a psychologist. Uh, William gets the credit, but I think he and his wife both probably should share it equally. What does she have? She has the lasso of truth, right? What happens? I'm quizzing you guys. What is, what happens with the lasso of truth? She puts it around it, people. Not, it, it, it wraps around. And it's you. truth serum, and you have to tell the truth. You have she to tell has the truth. You. So, guess what else William Marston created? A lasso of truth in real life? <laughs> he actually, yes. He created the polygraph. 
Oh, really? Whoa. Machine. Yes, no he did. Way. Absolutely. That's he created awesome. that before he created Wonder Woman, and so he thought that was really fun to have this. Uh, <laughs> to make sure people aren't lying. Yes, yeah. he he was into that, and he was using physical techniques. You know, you have the you, you have all the you're strapped in, and it's heart rate and breathing and and all right. of that. He thought that was really fun to put that into his character, uh, Wonder Woman. Wow. Yeah. So, what about the Invisible Jet? Yeah, he, that's only he was on the TV on show, that, by the way. He couldn't quite get it off the ground. <laughs> ah, I like it. One thing that kind of worried me about Wonder Woman's history is the fact that if she was restrained, her, her original weakness, original weakness yeah, was being restrained by a man. If she was restrained, uh-huh. if she was tied with rope by a man, if her hand, if her hands were bound, yeah, was, yeah her hands were bound by a rope by a man, mm-hmm. then she would lose her powers. Yeah, and was I that think, just a product of the time? Well, I think I think so. So Marston and Marston were were really trying to be progressive. Remember, this is the 1940s, mm-hmm, right? And so uh, male and female roles were very delineated in the United States and all of that. But I think they were trying to break out of those stereotypes, right? They wanted a superhero woman, superheroine, I guess, that was just as powerful and strong as as uh, Superman for the men. Mm-hmm. And I believe the message that they were sending there was. That when women are become subservient to men, they lose a lot of their power. That they need to stand on their own, and so I think that's what they were writing into that that uh, aspect of the character. Yeah. Okay. And, and I don't think they were trying to say that's a good thing. I think they were saying, "Hey, it's like a hey, women, beware! You need to break out of a man's world, and and if, hmm. when you do, you have power." Okay. Interesting twist. Yeah. And in I don't know if this is part of the original origin, but now she is she is an Amazon. I mean, she is basically pulled straight from was. mythology. I, I'm not, I think so. She has she that lo- mythological she looks background. Brazilian. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, sure. She's pretty hot. Uh, but no, I think I think that uh, they wanted to write a mythological background. So so Superman has this mythological background coming from this other planet, um, and they I think they wanted to give her some sort of mythology. She comes from a mystical place, you know. Of, the of, mystical Amazon. Exactly. Piranhas, jungle. It's, no, the mascara. And I'm what sorry. is an Amazon? It's an independent woman. Who has, who in that society, what do we know about the Amazon mythology? That they have, they have more power than men. Yes. Right. So, I mean, it's kind and of... And they will eliminate any man. Yeah. They, you know, I mean, apparently. that comes into... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're... I think that was all part of the intention of, of the Marstons was to give girls a, a real voice, a real independence from a world uh, dominated by men. They were trying to break a barrier in this character of Wonder Woman. See, what I kind of like about much of the Wonder Woman origin is that <laughs> or I'm going into this. No, sorry. Yes? I, just, it's you know, I, just, I just had a revelation <laughs> that they, <laughs> I'm just an idiot is all it is. Okay, great. Because I, I heard Amazonia, I've always associated with that with the Amazon. Uh-huh. No. Not realizing oh, okay. that Amazon is Greek mythology. Yeah. And yeah. That the Amazon rainforest okay. is named after Amazonians. Yeah, exactly. And it's okay. It's I'm just right. having a really... We're, we're here in the trust tree. I'm tired. <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> but... I didn't know. In, in the story, I mean, <laughs> I Di- Diana and her sisters are all living in, in peace, and they're yeah, all very the powerful. Yeah. And this this guy basically crash lands, Steve Trevor. He's a normal guy. He's a pilot, not powerful in any way. Right. And he is our anchor point. Mm-hmm. Like, he, it, it's a powerless man on an island full of very powerful women. I always really liked that part of the, the story. The last why. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it's going back to why the last very man. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Never mind. No, go. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, yeah. And I, I mean, and then you have to kind of realize that the Marstons didn't 
actually write all the stories. Yeah. But, yeah I mean, they wrote the kind of the character. They created the characters. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a, that's a great turning. Yeah. It's a great anchor point having him there. And it's a man inside a woman's world instead of the other way around, yeah. which is how women have always felt. And to some degree, I think it's still a good argument. So mm-hmm. I love the fact I, I have four kids and I love the fact that my youngest, I get to have a daughter and we get to explore really great female characters that are strong and independent. And um, yeah, I, I, I love the fact that Wonder Woman, at least in that, that was the original intention. And people could argue whether, I mean, if you, Put it on a 2016 lens. Maybe you feel like she's stereo. She's a woman stereotype in some ways. I've heard people criticize that. Mm-hmm. But if you really understand where the character came from, what she's trying to do, and what you could do with the character going forward in Donna, you know, in, in Justice League, hopefully they'll they will develop her character to be that same uh, thing for women, but in a modern sense. I think they could do that as well. Huh? There you go. I'm excited. Yeah. All Plus right. she's smoking hot. She, <laughs> if we're gonna go there, I mean, yeah, it doesn't hurt. It really doesn't. I said it before. I'll say it again. It's why I married my wife. Yeah. she looks like Wonder Woman. I I don't think we're gonna wow. have the time to cover everyone. I want to, no. but I think we. I mean, do we go Spider Man or do we go like Captain America? I think we go. Sp- we need. To, I think we need to hit a lot of the Avengers only because they're. I think we just if it's it's Avengers. I think we do Iron Man and uh, Iron Man, Captain, Captain America, America, and Spider Man. Let's go with that. Yeah. Okay. Spider-Man really quick. Spider-Man Go. really quick. I just love the adolescence of Spider-Man. He's an adolescent character. He's kind of that young uh, person who's still trying to figure out who he is. He's, he's, he's a nerd. He's a geek. He's, he's very similar in a way to kind of an X-Man feeling like a misfit, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the, the criticisms of the Garfield car- uh, version of Spar- Spider-Man, although I loved it. Yeah, he was streetwise and everything. Yeah, street I wise like him cool. as an orange tabby cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so, but I think that's the relatable. He's, he's young. He's not rough around the edges. He's a, he's, He's sarcastic with jokes. He likes to tell jokes and make fun of, but in a very kind of naive teenager way. Mm-hmm. And and then he gets faced with the hard things of the world, and he has to dig deep. And um, one of the other things I, that I didn't like about the Andrew Garfield uh, reinvention, although I, for the most part, loved it, was they, they messed up the classic line from Uncle Ben. Yes, now, I did. don't know why they did that. I really don't I, know. I think they, they were like... Because that's his anchor point. People are sick of the morality. Uncle Ben dying, so let's have everything they, they don't want to see and then cut yeah. out the line. I, know. <laughs> I don't exactly. know what the logic I, I, there was. I honestly think they just changed... They were like, well, they, we already said it a dozen times last time. Let's but, change it up and say, but hey, I would say responsibility requires power when it's great. <laughs> I know, so that's not lame. Good job, um, Uncle Ben. But I yeah, that actually almost like... I think that's the anchor point for his character. That that is so important. That's his moral grounding. That's his tragedy. Uncle Ben's gone, and all he can hang on to is that phrase, and that gets him through that transition from adolescence into a, a into becoming his superhero self. Unless you screw up the line, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then you know, like years later, he's like, "What the hell did Uncle Ben say? I can't really remember." <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just thought Jamie Foxx and Uncle Ben said and, something about this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I wish he'd have said it more clearly and succinctly. Catch Gwen Stacy when yeah, you're something just, about Gwen no, Stacy. No, it was a step on a crack, bake your girlfriend's back. I think is what yeah, it was. that's oh, okay. That's what Uncle Ben oh, said. Yeah, oh, that's not nice. <laughs> that's really not I nice. Said bake. I didn't even get it right. I messed up. I'm tired. Okay, I think we okay. We need another full show <laughs> about guys. relationships what? with superheroes because I would like eventually oh, to talk about Mary good. Jane and Gwen Stacy, like because he's a geek. Yeah, and there's no reason he should be getting these girls, but then he's like. Hey, I'm a, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. They're like, hey there, I, Tiger. I love you, Tiger. You know, but he gets to be he gets to be that what what a teenager would think is is the cool guy. 
And that, but when he's not, when but he's it just feels Peter Parker, so unearned, it's like, yeah, I got the spider bite, and I'm that guy everyone likes on the news. Every time I got a spider bite, they just avoid me. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can talk about this later. But I, I, okay. I found it fascinating that right. he gets these dream women. All right, and he's Peter Parker. Yeah, well, we all can fantasize <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when we're teenagers, that's, right? That's what these movies are kind all of you have for. To say, like as a teenager, but that's kind of doesn't that fit though? As a teenage boy, you're, you're fantasizing about the cute girl that you'd like to have, and you kind of think in those stupid, simplistic terms, like if I just say the right thing, she'll be like, "Oh, you're so cool." And so, yeah, that's projected into the character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that makes face sense. It, let's yeah, all yeah. face it. Mary Jane was a redhead, and she was interested in sucking out his soul. Oh yeah, I liked Mary Jane. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Redheads. <laughs> yeah. I, I apologize to all the forty-five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, so we've alienated and the all. Re- yeah. <laughs> well done. Well yeah. done. Like all I right. said, we're very tired. <laughs> Iron Man. You want to go Iron Man next? Or you want to end on Iron Man? No, let's go with Iron Man. Next. Okay. We'll end on Captain America. That's good. Right. So Iron Man. So what do we want to know about Iron Man? So I actually think he's besides he's the narcissism, jerk. he's a, he's a pretty simple character, I believe, because he. In the comics, yeah. it's very well known. He's actually never been this the smart alecky guy, basically a grown up version of Peter Parker. Right. He was a an alcoholic. Right. And a reluctant leader, mm-hmm. I guess, of like the Avengers or Shield at times. But Batman ripoff. Kind of a Batman ripoff. He, yes, I would say he's very much a Batman ripoff. Yeah. Or I, I mean I don't know if ripoff is the right term, but he's trying to capture a similar thing. Like he's He's a genius. He's a billionaire. He doesn't... Uh, no but, superpowers. But he doesn't have a superpower, so he uses his intellect to create his super strength, right? Right. In this case, it's the suit of, of iron. And yet he's right. not as dark as Batman, though. He's not as conflicted. Well, he's actually the most dynamic character in the Avengers. Uh, in the comics? Tell in uh, characterization, like his personality, I, uh-huh. I guess I should uh-huh. say. Well, he embraces it, right? You know, he, yeah. people know who he is, whereas Batman continues to try to hide who he is. Mm-hmm. That was seriously was one of my favorite parts of the entire Marvel universe is just when he's like, I'm Iron Man. Yeah. And yeah, everyone's yeah. like, what? Like the first time you watch that, you're like, what? Yeah. You can't do that. That's against the rules. And to be honest, I never really read Iron Man comics, so I don't know at what point he does that. How, how far did. In, 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 it wasn't a great, I think everyone was surprised. I was surprised that that was their, their lead movie. They yeah. came out with Iron Man um, instead of one of the other character movies. But it worked because he does kind of anchor the group in a lot of ways until it just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it was a fantastic movie, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays that version of Iron Man. They kind of take the alcoholism out and they kind of put in the narcissism as his flaw, Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it works. Well, in the new movie and in the Civil War comic series, uh, Uh they they make him actually. uh, I don't know if it's humbled is the right word, but Mm -hmm. he takes responsibility. For what superheroes can do. Right. And so he is okay with registration. He's okay with mm-hmm. working on the government side, I guess. Right, which is which is a turn for his character. Like yeah. he, you know, he he's a starts out kind of this vigilante type character, like I'm gonna take over and then and then he he sides with the, the government. Yeah. Is that just kind of manufactured or is that like can narcissism actually change into serving a bigger purpose or uh, real narcissism, no. I mean, Narcissus was, you know, a Greek character who, you know, fell in love with his own reflection in a pool and eventually drowned. It drowned him. It killed him. And so a true narcissist wouldn't unless it served their purpose. So him s- seeing himself as now I represent the government, I'm the important thing here, that works for a narcissistic character. But that narcissism relying on that, if he's a soft narcissist, then maybe he can kind of see the light and, hey, let's all work together. 
Um, and that's probably more what they'll do. But a true narcissist would take the lead. Now I'm the government. The go- you know, the government wouldn't see it that way. But narcissists always they 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 rarely or maybe even never recognize their narcissism. They don't think anybody else knows their narcissist. Real narcissists think they're wonderful, and that everyone else thinks they're wonderful. Right. Yes, we do. And we all go, yeah, you're a narcissist. Oh, but um, <laughs> but Whoa. not you, Joel. Um, don't tell him. All right, so Captain America. Let's, are we ended on Captain America? I love Captain America. If we were at my other office, I have a Captain America bust. I, I've always really liked Captain America. Can I ask uh, why? Because um, to I, me, he's a very Superman-esque character. Yes, exactly. And I think when I was young, that really appealed to me uh, in the same way the super, Superman appeals to a lot of younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a fantastic, I think it's a 1967 a uh, you know comic framed of of Iron Man, or uh, excuse me of Captain America, and I think I think it was an attempt to take you know they've created a Superman character through science, and that that's America. America is the new frontier. Like we do things a new way. Okay, and so um, you know we're trying to win the war and do all that. So we use science to create a Superman for ourselves, and he. Uh, again, goes from he's a little different though, a little more complex than Superman in the sense that he knows what it's like to be the underdog. He knows what it's like to not have the power to be weak, and that's part of his super strength is the moral character to try to rein it in because he remembers what it's like to be weak. Well, then, and so in a lot of ways, that's like every child's desire growing up is we have weakness we have insecurity and we hope to become strong and powerful and i think it's born out again you got to look at the times when the character was created mm-hmm. it's born out of a time when doing the right thing in a very traditional way was highly valued and so in some ways superman and captain america aren't as beloved in our culture now where our culture sees gray a lot more and it embraces gray a lot more then it embraces it back gray, in the but it should embrace the red, white, and blue. That's right. <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> but I think it'll be interesting to see how they handle it in the movie because it looks like he's the, 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 the fight between the two, and that's how they did it in the comics, was they both thought they were doing it the right way, mm-hmm. and, and people had to kind of pick the side that they were on. They both thought they were defending truth and justice, but it clashed, and that's the beauty of, of Civil War. See, and that's what I actually really liked about Winter Soldier is you have Captain America. His name is the lamest thing ever. It's Captain America. It's not I even a major or awesome. general. No, I mean, it's, but it's just like, it's, it feels like I the most. America. It feels like the most 1940s name ever that it somehow is, yeah. people are still buying into. But the thing is, in that movie, he realized that he could not trust the people in power. And I think that movie kind of, I mean, it will build into Civil War, obviously. Uh-huh. But I, I, I think that is a great exploration into that character absolutely um where he doesn't trust you know he doesn't trust the powers to be now he has to does he become a vigilante right to Mm -hmm. to defend the real truth and justice as a bit of a side note because we've been talking so much about the movies and and that's great because that's very relevant um i think one of the reasons back to um remember a couple weeks ago when we did the other episode yeah. Um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, yeah. sure. <laughs> Last month, yeah. um, we were talking about well, why are they so popular? And I think one of the things is that people who are doing the movies now are fans of the comics. They understand the characters. And so they're able to do something where Winter Soldier leads to Civil War and you see the evolution of these characters in a, in a more real way as opposed to, I think a lot of times it was just like, 
you know, that, that was successful. Yeah. It was green just, light the next one. Yeah. We'll just green light the next one. And we don't really have people who understand character development of these actual characters making the movies. And now for the most part, we do. They're hiring people to, 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 who've read the comics and it only makes sense right right yeah Good I, think, stuff. I think that gives a richer understanding of the characters um for example the hellboy movies are very different than than the comics but uh del toro was a huge fan of the comics he wanted to do the movies he bugged mike mignola and everybody he and they all said mike mignola said well yeah if you can get the money and everybody's like laughed at him mm-hmm. but you know del toro's famous for kind of getting what he wants mm-hmm. and he's a fun guy and he ran around and he got the money for that first movie and he put his own spin on the character but he knew the character and that's why the movie worked even though those of us who are real fans of the comic felt it was quite different but it still really worked kind of why like fantastic four they're like we're gonna reinvent it they're gonna be young uh-huh. we're gonna do this with their origin and granted there are a thousand origins for each character in any universe. Yeah. But it, it just it was a failure because the love was not there. It felt like a studio effort that was just... Very just much. to retain copyright. It, yes. Yes, exactly. And that, that was too bad because um, Fantastic Four... I don't know why they can't get that right in the movies. It's that's that's a good group. That's a, that that they yeah. can do a lot more with that. Oh, absolutely. And they failed on every attempt. Yes. Except for Johnny Storm. I still think Johnny Storm yeah. was a great that, yeah. In, in, in the 2005 Johnny Storm, yeah. Captain America. Or, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Or for example, when Deadpool was done in X-Men Origins, it was just oh. a cluster. Yes. Whereas the new one, there was so much love that went into this character, not only by Ryan Reynolds, but uh-huh. Tim Miller, the director, just everyone involved. They and said, we're going to make our say, movie. I actually haven't even seen it yet. I really need to see it. Well, I get ready. Uh, your ears are going to bleed a little bit. Don't, um, don't watch it at Broovies, I'm a grown-up. Okay. <laughs> hey, don't watch it at Broovies. <laughs> yes, that's... Well, can you anymore? I don't I know. No, you can't. Yeah. Probably not. Saturday's Warrior, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I, I think that, that's pretty much it. We, I mean, we there, there are some obvious superheroes um, that we didn't cover. If we missed what some of your favorites, let us know on Facebook, and we'll try and get Dr. Matt to do Parts three and four. Social we can media talk about psychosis. Cyborg sometime. I think Cyborg's a, a little known, but becoming Best more. Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Stop ever. that. Stop yeah. that right now. <laughs> I think that's a fun <laughs> one we can talk about, but I can't wait to talk about villains. That's going to be a fun I think that would be fun. And, you know, we could have a fun relationship, superhero relationship show. That would be a lot of fun. And I want to talk about Aquaman, but I guess we're out of time. <laughs> oh, I Aquaman. truly love Aquaman. Do you? He is the hero well, for 70% po- of the planet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true. He can Man, defend, don't love that of yours. He can defend <laughs> us against M. Night Shyamalan's aliens. All I know is <laughs> when I was a kid on Saturday mornings watching Super Friends, I was like... We just had so much fun when Aquaman came up or Wonder Twins. Wonder, Wonder Twins. Twins. Wonder Are they Twins. Twins. The Justice League. Come on, Wonder <laughs> Twins. <laughs> Eventually. Power activate some kind of water and a lame animal. We'll save the world. <laughs> oh, I'll have to show you a clip after this. I'm a mongoose. About the Wonder Twins. It cracked me up. It was just, it was, it was a real clip from the show, but it's just like, what? It's like, I'm going to be a unicycle. So the other day, and a my puddle. kids didn't believe me that the Wonder Twins were a real thing. So we went on YouTube and we showed them a bunch of clips and I've never seen my kids laugh so hard. <laughs> It's beautiful. Uh, but, I mean, do you want to do Aquaman real fast? I mean, just no, because there's not much <laughs> psychology to him. It's basically kind of like Wonder Woman. He's a very strong being from yeah. another mythological uh, world. Yeah, right, yeah. And trying to just make do. And actually, in the New 52, I would say he's the best character in the They've series. made him a great character. Where he, he's almost yeah. like a Marvel character. And I'll say this because he just mocks himself all the time, and the comic does I the same thing. to fish. And the thing is, but then he shows us his power, and he controls great white freaking sharks. Right. And that's actually the that's the scientific term. Yeah. It is. Great yes. white freaking. GFS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, I mean, 
He is a joke, but I, I, I love the character because he gets yeah. no credit. He's Rodney Dangerfield of the DC <laughs> Universe. Oh, wow. And I know uh, you have a fantastic uh, uh, four. No, you have a fantastic uh, Aquaman t-shirt. Yeah. yeah Two, actually. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Nice. You have a collection. It's probably his undershirt right now. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Pull it up. Pull it up. Let's see. Um, All right. Well, it sounds like we're going to do more shows with you. I hope you don't mind. I'd love to. No, the the audience great. doesn't mind. Yeah, this is yeah, so this much is fun. Yeah. And uh, let us know. Let us know what you want us to, uh, to have Dr. Matt psychoanalyze for you. I will take psychoanalysis requests of, of your favorite superhero character. But, but not of us, because we did that last time. <laughs> yeah, we And did. it got yeah. a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, thank you, Dr. Matt, for, sure, for being here for with us. Sure, thanks really for having me. really appreciate yeah. it. Um, just to wrap it up, then, I, I guess we'll just... Uh, it, where, where can people find you? Um, they can find me at the University of Utah. They can also find me on Channel 2 Fresh Living. And actually, I'll be launching a new website, which will just be mattwoolleyphd.com, mm-hmm. coming soon. Uh, they can find me there where we do um, not so much this, but kind of performance psychology, take kind of positive psychology, not pathology, kind of taking you where you're at in life and, and making life a little bit better. Oh, great. Uh, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter, or you can find me at QuickWits. Uh, they perform every Saturday night at 10 o'clock at the Mindville Performing Arts Center. You can find more details on their Facebook page or go to, go to qwcomedy.com. You can read my reviews at showtimeshowdown.com. Find me at Twitter and Instagram at Kenny3DD. And also every Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. on KJazz Channel 14. KJazz. <laughs> you can find me, Jacob, uh, on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers. And yes, if I surprised you, I am still here. Yeah. <laughs> you are? <laughs> hey, Jake. So until next time. This has been Bacon Cell. Get ready. Uh, your ears are going to bleed a little bit. You could kill people. Every time I got a spider bite, they just avoid me. And there's something actually wrong with you other than just feeling like a misfit. It sounds like he's trying to tell us something, but I can't tell what it is. Even though I'm, I feel weird and different, somehow I'm special. Uh, he's a smart, handsome guy. Captain America, handsome guy. Right. Thor, really handsome oh, guy. guy. We're yeah. kind of getting an insight into Kent's mind here, <laughs> yeah. I think, too. Your basic, handsome guy who just took steroids. No, thank you. Yeah, and the handsome man. Nice, <laughs> I'm going to stop saying stuff like that. <laughs> he looks like everyone else. I mean, a, a better-looking version than everyone else. But he, he he's looks very like handsome. everyone. He is very handsome. A woman, woman is, a, is a handsome woman. Well, most women are soul suckers. Gene. Uh, go to my nerd voice. Let's clarify that Wolverine's superpower is actually his uh, animal instincts, his smell and no, not his smell, but his smelling ability and his regenerative powers. The claws were also a part of it. However, the adamantium that was put on him was by the government and not an original superpower. Those but Kryptonian girls will not give him the time of day. I know, right? <laughs> they're the worst. Give Superman a chance. Um, they're dead. I think we're on this couch for a reason, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're here in the trust tree. I'm tired. Responsibility requires power when it's great. The step on a crack, big your girlfriend's back. If I didn't even get it right, I messed up. I'm tired. I'm just an idiot, is all it is. Okay.
If I just say the right thing, she'll be like, oh, you're so cool. Ah, I like it. If I surprised you, I am still here.